guys it's your boy Ocho I am currently sitting in the pod in my backyard and it is hot as hell I wanted to have as little noise as possible for you guys but there may still be some noise because you know I'm, um, uh, I live by a highway so there may be a little bit of noise and I'm sorry about that but um, today we're going to talk about a few topics that you may or may not know about so yeah we're just going to jump right into it So we all heard about the Demi Lovato thing and her her overdose the other day, right? And there were reports that up uh, for I think weeks or months she was doing meth up to her heroin overdose. And addiction really is a touchy subject. I know that a lot of people were really getting on their soapboxes, and I am one of those people. I cannot lie. And some people like to automatically sort of demonize those who suffer from addiction. But it's really one of those things you have. It's very subjective, it's extremely subjective. But you also do have to look at it from an objective standpoint. Now, depression is a disease or not depression. Addiction is a disease like any other disease. That's it's a scientific fact. It's I, and if you disagree, I mean you're pretty much trying to dispute science, but it's a proven fact. So I don't know. I can't really help you there if you just want to deny facts. And a lot of people are predisposed to this at birth, whether and environmental triggers really can play a factor in how this is like expressed in your life. Cause some people that it may have it in there in them to be susceptible to addiction and they never experience it and others they are born with it and they experience withdrawals from at birth and uh that's happens often especially where i live there's a big problem with um um drug addiction especially and even i see pregnant people using drugs and like it just blows me but really a lot of people like to say that you know, it's it's a choice, but I mean, we yes, it is a choice to use drugs, but you have to think: Does anybody really want to be a drug addict? Like, that's not something people want to be. It's it's something that you know. Um, it's like I said, it's really it's really touchy. People don't want to be drug addicts, but I. Uh, yes, it's a choice to, you know, stick a needle in your arm or whatnot. But did you ever think about, you know, what caused that? Because no person's going to obviously put themselves in a detrimental situation. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like. So, like, for example, uh, not too long. Sometime last year, I don't remember about what time uh, Lamar Odom 
overdose. I think they found him in a brothel, which, by the way, I didn't even know was legal in the United States. The only brothel I've ever seen was in um, God of War. <laughs> and the, he was found overdosing. And it was an entirely different stigma, really, when it happened to him. I don't know why it was such a different thing, but it was a lot of people making fun of him and telling uh, It was sort of almost the same thing, though, when a lot of the whole "oh, it was your choice" type of thing, type of deal, and like I said, you have to really look at because okay, I personally have I haven't dealt with addiction. I, that's not really something I do, but I've dealt with people in my life uh, suffering from addiction, and I don't know. I think it's really hard for I think it's really difficult for you to come up with a perspective on that when you really haven't dealt with it. Like for those of you who haven't, I'm not saying people shouldn't have their opinions because. I am a firm believer that everybody's entitled to their opinion. But uh, nowadays, we uh, when we have social media, a lot of people are every, well, not a lot of people. Everybody has access to an open platform and are can per- say pretty much whatever they want, whether it's uninformed, whether it's harmful, and that's actually kind of scary to think about that anybody can pretty much say what they want and. They could develop an audience, like, at any time, really. So, but I guess that really isn't a deal like that, sort of, because it's not really not really hate speech that I'm talking about so much, but sort of people not really looking at the facts of things. Because, like I said, addiction is, it's a disease. Like, it's something that, if it's in you, you can't really go around it, and on the subject subject of Demi Lovato specifically, I don't know, like, she was, people act as if she wasn't trying. Demi Lovato was in rehab for a while, actually, and then she came out with her song, um, uh, Sober, I think it was, um, talking about her relapse and the fact that she was on drugs again, and a lot of people fail to realize that. They automatically try to demonize, uh, demonize her for that, but... I think you it's really something that you have to have to step into the shoes of the person or those people involved and you know uh, you really just have to have to look at it from the perspective of others I think it's I think I think that's something you have to do in a lot of situations honestly um because there's always three t- three sides to a story and in this case um a couple couple hundred million probably um, if not more than that, because, you know, everybody has their, uh, their own point of view on things. But like I said, some things that is a very touchy subject, a very subjective thing to talk about. And, but like I said, you have to look at the facts of it as well. And she, the, the fact of the matter, she got help. She tried to get up and for a while, you know, she was clean, but, to try to demonize somebody who's struggling with that. And you, I'm like I said, nobody wants to be a drug addict. That's not something that, oh, look, guys, I'm a drug addict. Like, I don't know, it may seem like that with, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, subject of a lot of today's music, maybe. But, I mean, to, like, stand on a soapbox and just try to completely make these people out to be awful with something that they're struggling with and that many of them want to get rid of, that's... I don't know. That's just not. That's just doesn't fly sit well with me. <laughs> I just try to use two different metaphors at the same time, but 
Yeah, but don't. I'm not trying to like go at anybody for stating their opinion because, like I said, we're all entitled to our opinions, even though I think some of them may be more wrong than others. <laughs> I'm just kidding, not really. But yeah, that's uh, how I feel about that subject. And Lamar Odom also is the Lamar Odom has narrowly escaped death numerous times, including playing with Kobe Bryant. Um, he actually got, I think, shot at not too long ago, a couple, uh, maybe about a week ago. He got shot at, and, like, he got out of it. I don't know. It's just that death keeps chasing that man. But, yeah. Something I wanted to talk about was today our perception of uh, pit bulls, the dog breed. Now, I I personally I grew up around a, a couple of pit bulls, actually, and I don't remember ever being Bit. I don't think I was, but I don't know. I think for the most part, when it comes to those dogs, I think their appearance has led to uh, crappy owners, uh, crappy ownership, and those uh, bad owners uh, helping to develop a negative stigma that we have towards them. I know uh, with the uh, you know how they're probably the number one dog used in uh, dog fighting arenas around. Probably the world. I don't know if there's a lot uh, that goes on a lot of, uh, outside the United States. I don't think it's not really a big thing in the United States uh, anymore either. But I'll, you know, to demonize a, a one breed, I think is I don't know. I think it's not really very fair. Uh, but if the only I haven't been bit by many dogs, but the only I. The only dogs I really have been bit by happen to pretty much all be Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are easily the most aggressive breed that probably is. Pit bulls, they just, they don't even look scary, to be completely honest. Pit bulls are some of the most lovable creatures you can be around. And like I said, it, it all starts with ownership, to be honest, because how you, the owner, uh, raise a dog is pretty much what you're going to get. And a lot of times, the statistic that you see at pit bulls are really skewed, actually, because pretty much any dog that's any big dog with a strong nose, I guess, that you could say, is going to be labeled a pit bull when a lot of times it isn't. And they're really disproportionately uh, discriminated against, which isn't, like I said, isn't very fair. And I've heard of people even putting out ads for euthanizing pit bulls, which is honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen. And if I see anybody supporting a cause like that, I mean, it's hands on sight, really, because no animal deserves that, especially because of a negative stigma that they might not even have been a part of. And that pretty much started because a couple of pit bulls were badly raised and led to be very aggressive by nature when that isn't really how the, the breed is at all. Like I said, chihuahuas are probably the most aggressive uh, breed of pit bull or breed of dog I've ever encountered. Uh, probably followed by, I don't know, I think I got bit by a Labrador one time. And um, But I personally think all dogs are great, to be honest. But it was probably, it was probably a play bite that he's just playing too hard, you know. But to create a stigma like that and to to go along with it, I don't know I think it's pretty kind of I don't know almost ignorant really to just 
discriminate against a breed like that when I don't know, it's not really not really sort of warranted. So yeah. Something every man in the world has been waiting for. And some women. The likes of Brittany Renner and Tiana Trump collabing. Now, a couple of uh, videos were posted by uh, Brittany Renner and uh, Tiana, likewise, were uh, posted on the internet with some um, explicit, not very explicit, explicit language, I guess you could say. And it got everybody's, uh, Jimmy's Russell, got everybody riled up. Now, uh, Brittany, uh, Brittany Renner, Bundles of Brittany, I think it's an uh, Instagram name or something like that. Um, is, I guess, your typical uh, IG model. Um, and, you know, she, 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 she stacked, bro. She stacked. She got the, she got the yams. And, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for this moment for a very long time. Tayana Trump, she's a, um, a adult video star um, that's pretty, the very well known, actually, um, uh, she she's actually not verified until she keeps getting like suspended or something. Uh, then did she get like get like arrested one time or something like that? But that's that's beside the point. I digress. They 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 collabed and they hinted at something something very very anticipatory. And we are all hoping. We all have our fingers crossed. All of our fingers crossed. Our toes crossed. No other things crossed. And we're 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 <laughs> we're just hoping, but knowing Brittany, she's she's got kind of that awkward type of funny too. She kind of it's kind of cringy actually. I don't think she's very funny at all. No, it's probably going to be some type of uh, probably the end of my feelings challenge. If we're being completely honest, something like that or one of uh, her skits, I guess. If you could really even call it that, because I don't know what it is. Like, it's a sketch comedy, but it's not funny. That's all that really mattered. But I hope I am wrong. I, for all of our sakes, I hope I'm wrong. Last night, uh, Twitter was pretty much on fire because a tweet by, I think his name, Mr. 1738, <laughs> made some comments very descriptive about how he wanted uh, a male adult film star to, <laughs> quote, wreck her. In reference to uh, Brittany, now that's <laughs> that's a lot too far. If we're being completely honest, um, I thought it was hilarious. Actually, the memes last night uh, had me on my neck, you know. Um, but you know, I'm really hoping I, it's something that I'm anxious to see. Um, <laughs> I saw somebody uh, say something about adding uh, Iggy Azalea to the mix and. You know, my heart about stop. I'm asthmatic. I can't can't deal with all that. <laughs> um, but you know, um, I don't want I don't want to sound too bad because I don't know who's hearing this or not. <laughs> but um, I'm not ashamed. There's no shame in my game. We're uh, we're all hoping the same thing. And if 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 you don't think so, I think you're lying. And <laughs> you have to run my fade because I know you're lying, bro. And um, Come test it, come test it, bro. Cause I know you're lying. You're hoping the same thing. That's you're gonna uh go around in incognito mode like the rest of us. But let's hope it's not no crap, no in my feelings challenge or whatever other challenge or something is going on. Because that's something I would expect from Brittany Renner.
I don't know. Maybe uh, Tana's gotten to gotten to it. You know, friends are the best uh, gateway to a new lifestyle or profession, if you know what I mean. So let's let's all sing Kubaya because I haven't seen Twitter that unified in a very long time because we were all hoping for the same thing. And you know, hashtag record. On Twitter, I saw a lot of people arguing, and the argument was between black Americans and black people who live in other countries and aren't black American, like uh, those that uh, live in London and have migrated from African countries or island countries and those who still live in those island countries. And I kind of thought it was sort of an interesting debate, but it was also a hard one because there didn't seem to be a lot of agreeing and, like, you know, compromising and appreciation, which there should be. There should be a lot of appreciation, actually, because, you know, they're too very... Because the argument was really started because saying that, you know, black Americans didn't really have a lot of culture, which actually kind of made no sense at all. But then the response was kind of, you know... It was, you know, defensive from those of us uh, uh, who are black in America. And I don't know. Like I said, I think it's harmful because we should both appreciate it. Not, first and foremost, because we're all, at the end of the day, we're all black people. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't know if this makes uh, this is not like this is something. I don't know if this is something like uh, my white listeners think that like they can't listen to. No, that's not uh, the case at all. It's, uh, you may learn something. I don't know that you may have been, you know, too uncomfortable to ask, but, you know, just keep listening, bear with me, and um, it was a lot of arguing back and forth, which is not good at all, because, like I said, we're all black at the end of the day, and society views us as the same, regardless of what our accent sounds like, or what continent we live on, and uh, whether we call our uh, friends bruh, or uh, mine's them, and uh, I think, like, either uh, both sides should be very appreciative of one another. You know, a big scene right now in the U.K. is the uh, uh, grime, like, drill music, uh, which drill music originated in Chicago um, with a lot of guys like Chief Keef and uh, Lil Reese and uh, Airbuck. Um, and that's something that they uh, have taken a liking to in the U.K. And I'm not going to I don't like all of it. Some of it is decent, um, but it's not really something I really go out and listen to in person. But I can appreciate it because you know, it's it's something different. It's it's not bad really. I just don't go out and listen to a person, and like, you know, they should probably give us more credit. The fact that you know it's kind of something that they took a liking to, but they don't really want to give the credit where it's due. But as Americans, we can also give you know, appreciate what they have done because, you know, a lot of our uh, hip-hop originated from, you know, Jamaicans and, um, and up in New York, which uh, that's really credited as, you know, the creation of hip-hop. And um, I personally use uh, mans in my uh, daily life, and, you know, uh, Drake, <laughs> they uh, use that as a, 
you know, big time example. You know, he's like one, probably the biggest artist right now in this country, and he's taken a, a lock into the UK scene, which I can see him doing that because he, you know, he's actually Canadian and uh, Canada and uh, UK has those ties. But it it's very divisive arguments like that, and we should use it as an opportunity to see where each other is coming from. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a lot of good things. And if we work together more, you know, we could, it's really something good things that could happen. I know, um, some guys, uh, t- uh like a lot of guys like, uh, gigs and Skepta, they're uh, really big over there. If they worked with artists in uh, the United States, I think only good things really could happen from it. Um, you know, uh, I watched a um, uh, documentary. Don't judge me for watching Vice. I know I don't really watch it anymore because you know they got rid of my man's uh, uh, Jesus and uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that dude's name. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know I watched uh, a documentary on Vice about the whole uh, the grime scene, and you know it's not really too much different from what we have going on over here. I see a lot of uh, jokes on Twitter about like how. Um, those guys say things like pit pit cheerio and on guard when they're ready to fight. But those guys in the UK are pretty hardcore, really. It takes a lot of guts to, you know, go up and uh, stab somebody instead of shooting somebody. It's, uh, those guys are pretty dark. It's taste. You have to really dislike somebody to throw acid on them as a means of, you know, uh, pulling up on them and not just shooting. But like I said, at the end of the day, we're all black, so we have to work together to really, you know, push what we're trying to do and um, not be so divisive. And like I said, we get a lot of um, a, a lot of inspiration in America does really come from um, that island kind of feel to it, that um, those other uh, black people that live in other places, you know, really bring us. I know uh, for a while after Drake dropped uh, – uh, one dance and controller. A lot of people uh, want to get that sort of dance hall sound. One of my favorite songs, probably with that sound, is um, "Can You Be My Friend" by Chief Keith, which I personally think is a very underrated song. We're also gonna have to touch on the subject of why Chief Keith is probably the greatest of all time. Later, probably later in this episode, actually. So <laughs> I, I exaggerated. Not the greatest of all time, but Chief Keith is a great, and he really burned a lot of people. Uh, he really birthed a lot of these, pretty much every rapper popping now. Like, if you give me an example of a rapper that's popping right now, I could give you a, either direct example or a sort of um, like branched off reason of how he sort of influenced them and helped to birth them in some some way. You know, he really okay. For example, uh, Juice World. He's the newest person you can hear on the radio right now. Um, Keith kind of helped to uh, inspire, pave the way for guys like uh, Lil Uzi and pretty much all the guys with colorful dreads uh, right now. I know uh, when XXTentacion, God bless the dead, um, was talking about how Drake stole that uh, his flow, the uh, quote-unquote A flow from him in, um, I think it was KMT, I think it was. Um, that He said he stole the flow from him. But actually, Chief Keith was the one who originated that flow. If you really go back and look at it, Chief Keith a lot, originated a lot of those things. The uh, Eskidit, the uh, that Lil Pump uses now, that a lot of people credit him for. 
Yeah, Chief Keith was saying that back in 2012. And, you know, Chief Keith, uh, he would pave the way for a lot of the Dreadhead guys. And then Juice World is pretty much like a carbon copy of Lil Uzi. So pretty much, you know, like it all stems from Mad Keith. And what a lot of people don't know is uh, Chief Keith actually, is he's autistic. He has Asperger's, which, so, which means he's kind of like inclined. He has like a vivid imagination, really. He's kind of inclined to try new things and like do things sort of unorthodox. And a lot of the times it works. Chief Keith, he's not like against trying new things, which some of us people may find surprising for a guy that came up from uh, shooting people. Uh, Chief Keith, um, you know, uh, it's a, he, uh, one of the first times you really hear about him, heard about him back in like, uh, 2011, 2010, he was shooting at the police, <laughs> and he got off of it. That's that's pretty much unheard. Of. He definitely couldn't do that now. I don't know how he really got got walked out of that situation alive, but that really brings me like, oh man, this kid shooting at the cops. This guy's like really the real deal. He was like 16 at the time, I think, and I I don't. And then uh, a little bit later, he dropped uh, finally uh, finally rolling, which is you know. A staple, <laughs> finally rolling as songs like uh, "Hallelujah," uh, "Sit Go," uh, "Kobe." It was really I. I venture to say it was a classic, and it really helped pave the way for a lot of the people who are out right now. Um, he was really one of the. Uh, uh, I guess you could say another example. Uh, Young Thug. He was uh, one of the first for you know thug guys to kind of experiment. You know, uh, Lil B also helped with that. Lil B is also another GOAT. Um, so, you really, when you think about that, and especially, like, now, like, people you hear on the radio, you really have to give a lot of credit to Chief Keith. So, yeah. All right, so last episode, I think we touched basis on Carmelo Anthony and uh, his situation, uh, him being traded uh, traded to Atlanta. And uh, they're playing, they actually, I think they already did waive him. And uh, with Melo, there was a quote that came out. Melo said he knew how to play the game of basketball, and he he basically he was refusing to come off the bench. Now, he plans on going to Houston, and Houston really sort of has a good thing going. Actually, they have a good thing going. But, you know, Melo in his last few recent few years, he's sort of been on a decline. Even, we all know Melo, he's a firstborn, he's a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. We all know that. But he's been sort of on the decline. His defense is practically non-existent. His offense is still there. He can give you 18, 20 a night. But he, I don't, I personally don't think Melo is a starter for a pretty much set team. You know, they just lost Trevor Ariza, and I think he plans on, you know, wanting to replace him, but. I don't really think he's a good fit to start for most teams that are not tanking pretty much at this point. Houston, they were uh, pretty close, actually. So I think I think that might mess up the dynamic they have going on more than Trevor Reza leaving him starting. But uh, I guess we, uh, we'll see how that goes. I think uh, Melo might just have to suck it up and come off the bench. He'll still get, you know, really good time probably. Uh I probably might play the majority of the game. But to say starting, 
I don't just don't see that for Melo right now. He wants to be LeBron so bad, but he kind of wasted his prime in, in New York, which is nobody's fault but his own, really. I mean, they, they the teams were there, but he wanted to be where the money was, which is uh, New York. That's who could give him the most money. So that's something I really cannot blame anybody but him. And, yeah, he can – he can buy as many rings as he wants with how much money he has, but you know what? You always would be remembered as one of the one of the greats. You know that O three class is a really good class. You always be remembered as one of those who didn't have who didn't get a ring. You know, uh, LeBron got his ring, uh, his rings. Uh, D Wade got his rings. Darko got his ring, and you know he's an apple farmer now. But you know it's. Uh, I think, you know, like I said, he'll he'll probably just have to suck it up, to be honest. And, you know, Houston's trying to make grown man moves. I mean, like, we all know that Golden State is still a powerhouse at the end of the day. But, I mean, they think they can do it. So, hey, um, L.A. probably also thinks they can do it. But I just do not see that happen. I'm sorry. And, you know, last year, Houston might have actually done it had it not been for uh, CP3's injury. And uh, uh, before he got hurt, CP3 was actually lighting it up. And then I remember seeing that injury uh, happen. I was like, oh, there goes that. <laughs> it's like, how many two in a row for uh, Golden State? Two in a row? Three? three two? Yeah, I think it's a two-peat. But, um, like, yeah, Melo, he, he's going to have to – he didn't really go out and uh, blaze glory. He's declined from his uh, New York days, obviously. But like I said, he's still uh, he's still somebody who can come off off the bench and give you a cool twenty. But if you want to win games, I just don't see Melo being starter material. Not at this point in his career. Uh, a couple years ago, definitely. Uh, Mel, I would give Melo face up jumper. Uh, yeah, just do that the whole game, bro. And we'll be uh, we'll be Gucci, but yeah, they got a uh, Houston has a lot of guys coming back. They have the, you know MVP. I think uh, CP CP three, he's ready for his ring. He's he's tired of waiting. He's so yeah, we'll see, but we'll see what happens with Melo. you're a sports fan, and maybe even if you're not, um, I can almost guarantee that you have heard of LeVar Ball if basketball is one of those sports you watch. Now, LeVar Ball did something very ambitious, and he's trying to uh, – he, he's made the league, the JBA League, the uh, Junior Basketball Association, and he's trying to develop this. And, and it's, it's, it's a really good idea, like, when you think about it. But um, I think it's a little too ambitious as of right now. He's trying to sort of – it's really a league where uh, players coming out of high school instead of going to college and playing for the NCAA, which is, in my opinion, extremely corrupt corrupt association, actually. Uh, the NCAA, they're responsible for, you know, the NCAA games not happening anymore because NCAA 14, I don't even – I'm not even a big fan of football games like Madden. I really don't mess with it at all. I actually like really love the NCAA football games, and they, you know, refuse to allow 
uh, NCAA players to be paid for their likeness in games when even EA, the company who makes the games, uh, said that they would pay the players a little sum of money for uh, using their likeness in the games. And they even were close to compromising, uh, saying that we'll just um, have players, that um, just no-name players with numbers and positions on teams, but it just did not go through because the, uh, the players themselves refused to, you know, let the like because we all know the likeness of a player, even if it doesn't say that name, we know their likeness, or just by looking at them, and they didn't want that without being paid. So I can see completely where those players are coming from, and I think the NCAA that's really kind of stingy and like they stay by their principles, which aren't good principles. Like if we're being completely honest, but. Um, the JBA is a, a league where players coming out of high school uh, can go to play and, st- uh, and get experience, like NBA level experience, which isn't really how that's going. Instead of playing for the NCAA, now it's a really good idea in theory, but it, as of right now, it's a really bad execution. Uh, his middle, uh, Lavar's middle son, Leangelo, he didn't uh, make an NBA uh, summer league team. He was a uh, hoping for the Lakers, and so now him and his younger brother, LaMelo, are playing in um, the JBA right now, and LiAngelo put up, I think it was 50-something shots, and was like uh, 19, like 17 for 50, <laughs> 50-something, and with like 50-some points, and that just is unrealistic, and it's just not good basketball as of right now to develop into anything major. I hope that one day it can become something bigger because I would like to see people make the transition from going straight uh, to the NCAA, even though I think that the one and done rule is going to be done away with soon. Um, I would like to see that become a bigger thing because, you know, it's not really – he's not exploiting kids, or at least I think so. He's not exploiting these kids like the NCAA is uh, – uh, making pretty much billions, especially during tournament time, billions off these the backs of these student athletes who, they yes they eat with the team they eat with the team, but after that I mean, how are they going to make money to eat? Like how do they do anything? They don't have time for a job because that sport is their job, and a lot of times uh, those one and done players, like they they don't care about they don't care about that one year of class. They just go because they have to. Honestly, I think it's just taking up a scholarship for somebody who's gonna be there for four years anyway who wants to be there for four years wants that education and also does want to play basketball as a means of getting that four-year education and yeah you know guys like Marvin Bagley who were a shoe-in to go to the NBA probably uh, be a first-round draft pick I think it's really just a waste so the JBA it's a it's a really good idea but as of right now it's bad execution and uh, LaMelo also also has been doing equally as well as uh, LiAngelo. I personally think LaMelo Ball has the potential to be a very special player, in my opinion. I know a lot of people saw the uh, high school footage of him. Um, I think uh, it was a game he scored, like, 92 points, which a lot of people were mad at him about that. They said he was cherry-picking, which, to be completely honest, he was. But it was for a girl with cancer, I think. I think, like, every uh, point he scored was, like, some – summer money or whatnot, but uh, yeah, you really have to, that shows you really have to read into the facts of things before you formulate an opinion on it, 
And that goes back to what we were talking about. Everybody having a platform and it may not be good. Not everybody is informed about a certain situation and they're just so quick to speak. That's why, um, you know, people make a lot of money off writing these, you know, extravaganza headlines that really don't tell the whole story at all, which is not supposed to. It's supposed to get people to read, but uh, Lamella, if you really, if you watch him play, if you see footage of him play, he has a really nice jump shot. Uh, I think um, with some uh, really good guidance, not just Lavar, like an actual trainer and experience, like uh, talking to NBA players, uh, just being around them, I think he could develop into something uh, really good. Actually, um, he just needs he needs the size. Um, he needs to work on his defense, obviously. But that three is <laughs> he can hit pretty much anywhere on the court. So. That's not something you can – that's not – I mean, you can teach it, but it's not really – it's something you really just have, and he has it. But I don't know, I'm sorry to say it, but Leandro may or may not just be a lost cause. I don't think he's going to be on any NBA team, but we'll see because, uh, you know, LeVar can work his magical or not. He wants all his boys to be on the Lakers, which a lot of people thought uh, Alonzo was gone after that um, LeBron trade to L.A., but you see he's still standing firm, even though they're uh, – L.A. Lonzo relationship was kind of not severed, but kind of shaken up when they found out his camp was releasing info about his injury, and they were kind of upset about that. So he wants all his boys on the Lakers, but that the chances of that is looking very slim. But I I, even if you if you watch the uh, the uh, show with the the, uh, Ball family on Facebook, you can hear LeBron talking a lot of crap to Angela and like. You may think it's motivation, which it is a motivation. I mean, a lot of people uh, motivate like that, but uh, there's a kind of some truth into that because I don't know, Leandro. He's not sorry. I mean, he can be. He's he can. I can see him being in the G League, but I don't see him ever making it beyond that. I can see him being a, a practice squad player, but the, I just I just don't see it happening. But like I said. Uh, Lamella, uh, Lamella, Lanza, that could be a decent one-two punch, but uh, I just don't see it happening for Leangela. But the JBA, like I said, back to the JBA, it's a really good idea. And <laughs> it'd take a really long time for it to outdo the NCAA. And at the rate it's going right now, I just don't see it happening. But, you know, I am a, 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 a LeVar Ball apologist, and if it does start to take off, then, I'll be able to say I was the first one to say, yeah, um, I was there. I was, uh, uh, remember when you say uh, you didn't let the JBA? Yeah, that's going to be me. <laughs> Something I always thought was weird was the fact that uh, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim shared a channel. Now, I guess this might be because Cartoon, or not Cartoon, uh, Adult Swim doesn't have, uh, I don't know, it does have enough shows to sustain its own channel, but. I, I don't know. That's something. That's something I really uh, thought about. But it, it's it's there's so many other channels that Adult Swim could be on, but it shows a kids network. And uh, <laughs> um, my first experience was I would fall asleep watching um, Toonami uh, that used to well the old Toonami gesture that used to come on um, Cartoon Network uh, on I think it was Friday nights. Um, they would show Naruto. They would show uh, Bobo, Bobo, Bobo. They will show. I think they will show Dragon Ball Z too, and I think they will show. Um, uh, they were oh One Piece. They will show One Piece, 
and you know I would uh, finish my novel by watching that, and then you know King of the Hill comes on. That's still the uh, that's still the uh, how they do things. King of the Hill is always the first show that comes on, except for on Saturdays now because they always show um, anime on Saturday nights. And um, King of the Hill, it's sort of I guess they sort of want to ease you into it. Just in case there's a few straggling kids, they should set up King of the Hill, which, by the way, is a terrible show. I think I think King of the Hill is not good at all. Same thing for Bob's Burgers. This one made get me killed. I do not like Bob Bob's Burgers. I don't think it's a show. I know it's supposed to be dry humor, but that's just not funny. Like that's dry humor. That's actually funny, and that's just that that ain't it. Pimp. I'm sorry, that's not it. And they try to uh, start you off, and then they sort of get a little bit wild, and then they put on Family Guy, which is something pretty much everybody's, everybody's seen Family Guy. Even kids have seen Family Guy. And so, but Family Guy does get kind of wild for a little bit. Worse than uh, King of the Hill. And then, as you get later in the night, um, it gets increasingly worse. And until you get to four o'clock in the morning, and you're watching Mr. Pickles the Satanic Dog, which I change immediately. Actually, I cannot. I'm not scared of a lot of things, but that show terrifies me. Like I know Jesus is in my house and Jesus is in the room with me, but that I cannot watch that show. That's that. That's just, I don't know why that's on television either. And I have, I have a pretty high tolerance for things, but I'm sorry, that show is not something I can deal with. It's uh, and uh, most of it for the most part for a long time until I was uh, like 13. Uh, something like that. I wasn't allowed to watch um, Robot Chicken, which I was thought was funny because honestly, it was one of the more milder shows that late at night. On um, I don't know if y'all can hear the, the loud police siren back there. Uh, I mean, it's not that bad around here. I live with sort of the I don't live on the west end. People think the west end isn't even that bad to be honest. I live on the uh, south side. The yeah, I don't know. It probably was just an ambulance, but. Like I was saying, um, Robot Chicken was sort of the more milder, which I wasn't allowed to watch until 13. Um, that show was kind of freaky, too, to be honest. It, that was a lot of gore to say. It was claymation, stop motion type stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that was one of the more milder shows. Um, a show I actually only, I've only seen one time in my entire life. And I try to look for it, and I can't find it anywhere. It's um, off the air, which uh, I woke I woke up in the middle of the night. One time, and uh, those swimmers on it was off the air, um, and I don't know what was going on. To be honest, I mean, now that I'm like an actual adult now, I mean, I'm a, I'm pretty not desensitized to those type of things, but I mean, like, oh yeah, that's that. Like I was, but I was sort of young at the time. I was like, whoa, what is this, bro? And I honestly, I don't even remember what happened. All I know is it was really weird. But I, that was sort of uh, one of the moments that made me realize like why why do they do this and like they have shows like regular show which was uh i think was supposed to originally be an adult swim type show but yeah please get out of here bro i i get so many random calls from louisiana because i have a louisiana phone number and like they always like they always call me and i decline like three times and then when i finally pick up to like go to tell them they have the wrong number they're like who's this and like uh you call me bro (laughs) <laughs> that's why you think I declined the call but like I was saying um, I hope uh, that, I got kind of sidetracked I uh, hope you all don't like hate me for that but yeah I, that was the one of the first time I was like whoa bro this, but, oh no that I said that I'm talking about regular show that was supposed to be 
an adult soap show, I think, which makes a lot of sense, actually, because uh, it wasn't really adult content. It was, like, young adult content and stuff. Uh, it was really <laughs> trippy, kind of. Um, and I could see why that would have been an uh, adult swim type show. But I guess they just left it on Cartoon Network. Um, one of my favorite shows uh, from Adult Swim would probably be Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Uh, meet who I meet the money you see. Driving in my car, a little like a star. Yeah, that's just my stuff, guy. Uh, uh, Frylock. Uh, Frylock looks like my old uh, biology teacher, Mr. Cox. Shout out Mr. Cox. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that show, I, honestly, I have no clue what the basis of that show was. All I know is they were the Hunger Force. Um, some weird stuff happened. My favorite, my favorite character for that show would probably be the Luna Knights, the uh, purple, uh, the pur- pink, and uh, it was like magenta and like a green, a green one. Yeah, just blocks, <laughs> just blocks. But yeah, I always thought that was really weird because, like, especially for kids who are like more sheltered. Because I wasn't. I mean, I was sort of like, you know, I wouldn't say I was really sheltered. I mean, my parents they had like a leash, but like it wasn't really a very farthest because they knew my parents. Uh, they were sort of strict, but they were like, they I, I wouldn't even say strict. They had boundaries. My parents, um, they allowed certain things. They knew we, me and my brothers, we knew what they allowed and what they did. And but they wanted us to experience a lot of things sooner because they knew that we would experience those things in real life, and it would be better to get it, to get those experiences in a controlled environment. And I think that really helped out a lot because I know a lot of people who didn't get those experiences until later. And it kind of overwhelms them. And, you know, it kind of comes back to bite them in the butt. So that's something I'm really appreciative of my parents for doing and um, letting us get those experiences. But, um, like I said, we knew what we could and could not do. So, yeah. But, you know, I, sort of, I think shows like that aren't really responsible for what kids do. I, I, know, I think it's the parents' job to censor them. From, uh, the kids from what they can and can't see. Like, I'm sorry you let your kid uh, uh, watch Cartoon Network in the middle of the night. I mean, you knew what came on there, so it's kind of your fault, bro. But, yeah, I always thought that was weird. And I, I, You know, I would not mind Adult Swim having their own channel. Like, I like a lot a lot of the shows on Adult Swim, and if they played those, like, all day, I mean, I would not have a problem with that. I don't know. It there probably isn't enough shows that might be why they don't have their own channel because I know they end at like Adult Swim ends at like five o'clock. I know that's when they start playing the uh, little kids shows because the uh, the like like baby shows because like you know all the little kids are starting to go to school. So I think I think a, a, a channel by itself would not be a bad idea. She down to ride for a homicide. She down to ride for me anytime. She down to ride, she my ride or die. Yeah. Shot it cool, she so smooth with it. Shot it bad, she at the full. I wanted to go a more serious route on this topic. Um, something that I've personally been very wary about and have tried to be wary for those around me and the, uh, those that I care about, and even those that I uh, don't really. I mean, I care for everybody. Like that's just the type of uh, person I am. But those that I don't really know, to be honest, uh, being uh, more wary about that of uh, sex trafficking. Um, that's a 
huge problem, even though, uh, especially around where I live, um, being sort of a college town, um, the university is, uh, the U- University of Louisville, it's, uh, yes, I just said Louisville again, uh, I talked about that before, yeah, y'all, nobody's gonna whoop me for saying Louisville, and yes, I'm pretty much from here, even though I'm not, I wasn't born here, I'm going to continue to say Louisville, and if you say Louisville, I judge you, but, um, Sex trafficking is a really big, or trafficking of any, of any manner. I don't know any other traffickers besides drug trafficking and sex trafficking, but um, that's something that I think is a, a huge problem, and I think we should take a lot more precautions to that because, like, um, I started noticing it. I mean, I've always been taught to be aware of my surroundings at all times, and I generally am. You can catch me looking over my shoulder every couple of seconds, really. You may think I'm paranoid, but I mean, it's just something we have to do in the world we live in today. Um, I was recently, I'm looking to get a job on campus where I uh, go to school at. And they use this website, it's a sort of like resume type website. And it's available to employers on the campus like uh, that of um, the student, uh, student workers for financial aid things like that, things that are working for the school. And originally when I applied, I was told that um, I wouldn't be eligible until classes actually start. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, I have a job, so I mean, I'm not that in a rush to change jobs, but I thought it would be more convenient to have a job that was on campus. And then not too long, uh, I got, not too long after that, I actually got an email um, from a person saying that they may have an opening uh, available for me. Now, I th- the first red flag to me was that it wasn't a school email. Uh, everybody there, uh, staff and students has an uh, at louisville.edu email address. Um, it was a Gmail. So that was the first, um, the first red flag to me uh, because I'm always looking for red flags pretty much in anything. Um, and so that was kind of weird to me. And the, the, how the letter, the letter read, that was, it was very weird. Actually, I think I have the emails here. I'm going to pull them up. If my touch ID, okay, that's what it is. Okay, this is the first email I got. I said, it's, it reads from Brian Johnson, which I thought, I don't remember the academic advisor, uh, his name, but uh, I thought it was something like similar to that. I feel like I remember it was something like that. But it reads, hello, I hope, and then hope is capitalized. So that's a mistake, obviously. You're doing good today in, uh, with a question mark, which I don't know. I had a look at your resume uh, on your school job search. And I might possibly have an opening for you. Yeah, you should see my face right now. Uh, kindly? Who says kindly like that, bro? Like, what? Nobody says kindly. Uh, confirm to me if you're available and get back to me as soon as possible. For more details, send email to freemej2018 at gmail.com. Really? <laughs> it's not a, like, why would you send me a Gmail? And what, what do you need my phone number for when you have my school email already? Uh, that's just, I don't know, that's just sucks to me. And it says, I, 
The I is lowercase. Bro, you work for a university. Come on now. Now, I'm not completely sure if this is a scam. So this is actually the uh, a guy who like worked for the school. I'm going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to be, like I think he'll probably understand like where I'm coming from. I can reach you at any point in time for a job description to get started. Brian Johnson. Okay, if you say so, bro. Now, I, I replied, uh, I was saying, yeah, that's great and whatnot. I, even though I personally was skeptical, um, I just wanted to play along and see how far this would go. So I got a follow-up email uh, from him, and it reads this. Thanks for your mail. I have a personal assistant position for you. Oh, what? Why do you have a job where I'm the only person there? That doesn't even make any sense, bro. Like, <laughs> oh, come on now. You don't even know me. Uh, as a consultant with a focus in international business. Really, bro? <laughs> business isn't even my major. I'm a biology major. What? what why would... What? That doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> the majority of my clients are out of state and out of the country. You really think I want to follow you out of this country for a job, bro? I haven't even started school yet. I work as an affiliate of Bud Light Line. Come on, bro. That's that's not even believable. Bud Light Line, that's not even a company. That's just a flavor <laughs> of a beer that a company makes. And what we do is supply cameras. You only supply cameras and fix CCTV specifically for Bud Light Line. <laughs> not regular Bud Light, not Budweiser, not anything, just specifically Bud Light Line. <laughs> And what we did uh, for companies and banks, banks, can banks. So you work for banks and a beer company <laughs> in any country whatsoever, which is the exact reason. Am you forgot to say I am. It's just reason am. Come on, bro. <laughs> am out of the country. No, no comma after this. I need help with errands. That's just that's. Oh, that's a run-on sentence, bro. You work for a university, or so you say. Presently, I am constantly out of town. That's that's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's a uh, a sentence fragment, bro. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm currently on a business trip to Canada at this time. Okay, I'm prepared to pay for mileage travel expenses. Mileage slash travel expenses. Okay, sure. I'm definitely gonna take that from you, stranger. <laughs> I will provide clear uh, clear set of. Not even a clear set of instructions, just clear set of instructions. Another type of for each task I need done and sufficient funds to cover all errands. Okay, and now he ended the sentence, but there's no space between the period and I. It says, I will prepay you in advance to run some errands for me, and I will pick the item up at your place on my <laughs> on my arrival in the state. On the 30th of August. How soon can you start? I'll pay you two fifty for your service for two to four hours for just the week. Job details contain contain this uh, contain of you buying and dispatching of security cameras and every errands. Every errands? That bro, that's all right. Wait, let me finish because this is just awful. Like, errands are definitely within. Your with <laughs> your vicinity, uh, so you have nothing to be worried about in that aspect. And funds will also be provided to cover every expenses incurred in getting every errands done. Every errands, wow! <laughs> the fact that he thought I'm falling, I'm kind of offended actually that he thought I was going to fall for this. Um, this stupid. Um, as when uh, wait, 
I, this is so bad. I can't even see my place because it's so badly worded. Also be provided to cover every expenses incurred in getting every errands done. As at when due and the receiving payment can either be through personal or company check. But most importantly, is going to be a valid cashier check. Wow. That you just said a whole bunch of nothing and none of it made sense, not even the grammar. Wow. It says note. You'll be working from home, school, or anywhere. The hours are flexible, so you can spread those two to four hours a week on your own. No employer says that, bro. That no employer is that flexible. That's it's non existent, literally. Nobody's that flexible. I'll provide you with sufficient funds and why do you keep saying sufficient, bro? I'm like cracky. I might have to go through the just so I can see him, so I can ask him why he says sufficient so much and punch him in the jaw for saying it. <laughs> funds and adequate instruction for every task. I will be sending money for my errands, inclusive of payment to your for your service through my bank channel. The money will arrive in form. <laughs> in form is the word inform, like to inform somebody, not in the form of. <laughs> in form of a valid cashier check. How should your name go in the check? What address? This man literally asked for my address. I mean, he can come to my house. I really don't care about that because I, I mean, I keep that thing. So I mean, it's really not. It's nothing to me. But I mean, I'm more worried about my dog than anything. If you get in my house, you mess with my dog. I'm gonna have to track you down. I have no choice but to track you down because I mean, you're not allowed to touch my dog, bro. That's just not happening. But yeah, I mean, I personally like. I think those are pretty like good indicators, like pretty uh, the things for you to watch out for. Um, but I know a lot of people, like I said, we talked about earlier, my parents, uh, uh, uh allowed me and my siblings to have experience. So when we went out to the real world, we wouldn't be overwhelmed with things. So we were, I was prepared for something like that, like to notice that, but others may not, may not have that experience and knowing that the world is a really cool place and that people are like really are, may be out to get you. Not everybody's out to get you obviously, but there are those that are out to get you. And um, I really hope that people may use this as a lesson. Uh, I mean, like I said, luckily, I did not go through this because, you know, I knew what was up, but others may not know what was up. And learn from what happened to me. Nothing really happened, but learn from this and try to remember, keep that just in the back of your mind and apply it to your everyday life. Because I'm, I'm a man. And this happened. I'm a pretty big man and a pretty big man at that. And it, it makes me sad, really, that women especially have to deal on a day-to-day basis with things like this happening to them. Like, every time a woman sets out of her house, she runs the risk of something bad happening to them. And I think that's really messed up, actually. And I try to, like, if I would see something like that going down, you, you bet I'm going to try to stop it. Um, even though, you know, so a lot of times good Samaritans, they end up on the bat of the stick, but like I said, I, I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody because I know, like, if if I want, uh, if somebody I love that was happening to, I want somebody to stop it. So, you know, you're always going to uh, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. But like I said, it's sad that especially women have to deal with things like that. And, you know, I really feel for you. And, like, I would do my best to protect, like, anybody I can. So nothing like that happens. But it really is a huge problem. And the other day, um, you know, like, it's, like especially, uh, I know a big area for it is um, Old Louisville, that strip down there uh, down there by campus. It's close to um, the uh, speed, uh, the speed Museum. And that I know that's actually a really big area. Um, I know some people who live down there. Um, I just urge 
everybody really be careful of it um, in this day and age because people are messed up and things like that actually do happen, especially uh, my female viewers and uh, my female non-viewers, everybody really, because I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. And um, just be careful out here and, you know, because not everybody is a good person. So that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thank you for watching another, watching. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ocho Show. And if you liked it and like what I have to say, then go tell a friend. And even if you don't like it and want people to see how much of an idiot you think I am, uh, tell your friends, uh, retweet, share, wherever you're going to share at, and uh, blast into your car whenever you have places to go. Um, and I, I want to hear what you all think. I really want to hear what you all think. Um, I'm open to all discussion. Uh, whether it was something that was on this podcast or something that was on a previous podcast or that hasn't been talked about at all. If you uh, feel that you have something that correlates or even doesn't correlate, please feel free to contact me any way you want to on Twitter. Make me look like an idiot if you think something I said was wrong because I'll be more than happy to say something bad. I may call you stupid. May not. Most likely not. But, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. No bitch will never die. Die. Pussy little bitch gon' fry, fry. Deep in your sleep when you wake, wake in the sense your reality is fake, fake. Never living up to your fate, fate. Never gonna seize the day, day. Always gonna live like a waste, waste. A wasted piece of space, space. No bitch will never die. die.